Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the PodQuest. PodQuest. Broadcasting from all around Vol Nation. Where we talk about Vols football, <laughs> basketballs, recruiting, and exclusive interviews with those closest to the program. Now, you're about to experience the PodQuest. Here we are again, Vol Nation. This is Georgia Tech Vol, and this is the PodQuest. We are so excited to be here this evening with a, a really fun edition of the PodQuest as the Lady Vols have lost yet again in dramatic fashion and your Tennessee basketballs are 22-1, and one, I believe now. I can't even keep up. It's incredible, even though we got the group text that, that sets the numbers and so many interesting things going on after National Signing Day, coaching, possible coaching changes. Yes, coaching changes, and then also other additional rumors. So we've got so many things going on this evening. Um, can't fit it all into an hour or even less than an hour, so we'll probably go for two hours. I know everybody would love to listen for two hours. Uh, but anyway, again, this is George Techvall. I am your host, and I love all of the listeners. Thank you all so much. Um, this is an interactive podcast that goes on between all Tennessee Vol fans. So we are fans ourselves, and we love hearing from you. So that's why we're bringing some new and fresh, exciting ideas, like our mailbag that we're going to have here in a couple of minutes. One of the things I do, uh, just a, a, a shameful plug here, I do want to plug the mailbag because it's really a neat way. Uh, to ask questions, to interact with us, to have fun. Some people want to join the podcast. Some people don't necessarily either have time or necessarily want to be on for the full time. So you can actually send in questions, send in jokes, make comments on things that we say, whatever you want to say off topic. If you want to ask us if we think aliens are, you know, or exist or not, that's totally fine. It's a really fun way. We've got some really awesome uh, messages that we're going to play uh, and respond to tonight. So with that being said, we're going to do some introductions here. We've got the man, Powell Valls. How are you tonight? Thanks for joining, brother. I'm doing good, buddy. Glad to be here. Uh, another good week for Tennessee, uh, except for Lady Valls. That's uh, kind of getting depressing. But uh, anyway, at least the uh, men are uh, still chugging right along. Oh, yeah, they are. They are. And Priest Fall, you you hanging in there, man? I know last – or actually on Wednesday – that was your coming back party into the pod quest, but you get a little bit of sleep there. Trying, trying. I'm kind of catch back up. She, um, she slept three hours last night, so that's better than I've been getting. So that's good. Um, but no, everything is good. It's um, been a good week for Tennessee men's basketball. It's always good to beat Florida in just about anything. Um, and then, you know, your girl Holly is, um, is treading, treading some water. So it's going to be, um, uh, an interesting road to the end of the year for her. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm um, glad to have you on, my friend. Uh, PTC Vol, good evening. I feel like uh, you're like one of my best friends now. I always <laughs> every single day. How are you tonight? Hey, man? man, brother. I'm doing good, bro. Glad to be back on with you guys again. It's always a pleasure every week being here. Um, it's, you know, it's a lot of fun walking around Georgia uh, with all my Tennessee gear on and you know, people yelling, go dogs. And I go, yeah, 96 to 50. How's that work for you? Um, that's <laughs> Are you always sure that's fun. all that you said? Or were there any other words? That- this is PG-13. Okay. You know, okay. I'm going to keep it uh, as a family show. So, you know, <laughs> make sure all the kids here can listen. But, you know, it's, it is it is uh, frustrating to watch uh, Holly just destroy what her mentor built. And I don't know. I don't have any answers for her. 
Yeah, actually, real quickly, I actually um, watched it. I was looking for more Holly crying videos on YouTube, which, <laughs> gentlemen, her, it, they, for whatever reason, this is kind of, I'm complaining here for a minute. Uh, one of the most successful coaches in Tennessee basketball history, obviously, Rick Barnes, what he's done building up this team. You can't, the videos of his pressers are two, three minutes long, maybe. All of Holly's are 15, 20 minutes. And I, I have to sit here and wade through all of these things to try to get some kind of comment to record out of her or something. It's unbelievable. You know, and the Rick Barnes ones, you know, his, after after games, he's he's quick to the point. So, unfortunately. But um, anyway, PTC, glad to, glad to have you on. And then last but not, last but not least, the man who actually got us our sponsorship for tonight and we're not we're not there yet, Bleed Orange, but Bleed Orange twenty three. So glad to have you on again. I think this might be a you're you and Priest are and pa, I guess and Powell's been on pretty much every time too. But you're getting up there as far as consecutive podquests in a row. Well, I uh, gotten up there in uh, in that respect and in birthdays as well. I'm just kind of churning along on all fronts, but it's happy Sunday to everybody and uh, volunteer nation land and. Good to be here hanging out with the guys. Yeah, and that, that actually reminds me. I was thinking thinking about when I was driving to church this morning, and, and they have a thing on 7.50 a.m. Uh, in Atlanta. Have a show talking about financial you know, success and things like that. This lady talking about retirement, and they're talking about Social Security. And I kept thinking about how I'm paying into a system that's going to help support you, Dad. And I'm not going to see a dime of it. So thank you for that. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, I, I, my props out to the entire podcast podcast team in that regard. Thanks, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. Glad to have you on Bleed Orange. Um, so there's the the great cast and crew that we have. The, the, this is your all star cast, ladies and gentlemen. Incredible, incredible talent. Again, we had the the ladies man priest vault. Ladies, Tennessee Mavall. He's taken. Okay, happily married priest vault. He's kind of like the Justin Bieber of the podcast here. So we've got all the all-stars tonight. Don't put that evil on me, man. <laughs> Don't um, put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Last last thing I do want to say really quickly, we are, you know, I'm going to sell this really hard. We already put this out to the masses that we are going to have a VolQuest get together during the SEC tournament. Um, myself and Bleed Orange will be going up to Nashville on Friday. Um, we're not going to stay the first couple of days because obviously Tennessee will get the couple game by. Um, so we're going to come up Friday and we're looking to do a get together with the PodQuest and all the VolQuest family probably on Saturday. Just depends on when the game is. We, it might be a tailgate. It might be you know something that evening. So we'll figure that out. But again, for those who are going to be in the Nashville area or also those who want to drive up or drive over, feel free to join us. We'd love to have, you know, see you. We'd love to talk with you. And we'll also be doing some special stuff while we're all there. So um, just a little shameful plug there. So I will uh, be there virtually with you guys. Yes, PTC mm-hmm. will be there virtually with us, and we give him a hard time every day for not being able to make it. But he's got some important things to do work wise. So you know, totally and personal wise and personal. But we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. So let's look at 2019 here a little bit. I know we talked last week, or not last week. We talked National Signing Day on Wednesday. Um, we, we talked about recruiting a little bit. Let's wrap up 2019 here. Um, and PTC, I'll throw it your way. What's kind of your your bow that you want to put on the top of the 2019 uh, class here? Because, again, fills a lot of needs. Hopefully this is a good foundational class in the first uh, class of Peru. What are your thoughts? 
I think the uh, four most important signees are where Jesse mentioned seven uh, that we could, should contribute right away. And I think the four most important signees that we have uh, are Q um, at linebacker, Henry T at linebacker as well. Um, and of course, our two offensive linemen in uh, Wanya Morris and our boy Darnell Wright, who we knew has been with us for, you know, months. Uh, that was kind of like an open secret in the recruiting world. Those guys are going to really set the pace on both sides of the ball for us. And if they can come in, put weight on, develop, learn the playbook, get strong, and be the kind of anchors that we need at those spots, I think we can have a really good season. And building confidence going forward, hopefully they can get their teammates involved and really make something happen. Yeah, I'm looking forward and that's interesting that you kind of brought up four four guys. Um, you know, I, I'm the more that I look at it now, I'm, I'm really excited about Q Crouch. I think he's going to be just an absolute stud for this team. Uh, Tuel Tuel, I think he'll be great as well. I won't do any Manti Teo comparisons tonight, but um, I think Crouch is just going to be an absolute superstar and foundational type player that's going to help yes. you know get Tennessee back to where they are. Now, Powell, I know we talked a little bit about. Um, some kind of under the radar guys. Um, anything else you wanted to speak about regarding the 2019 class, kind of bringing it all together? Any other transfers we didn't really talk about or anything like that? Um, no. Uh, I think just something I want to speak on is just the, but just the way if you step back and look at how the, the class evolved and the ups and downs from one day to the next, from – Feeling like you had a guy like Owen Popo, you know, I mean, it seems like he was yours. And then the very next day, I mean, he's completely gone, 100% gone. But we just had, it right. just seemed like more this year than other years. We just had a bunch of, you know, like kind of like a roller coaster type, type deal. But, you know, in the end, I'm happy with the way um, everybody that we got, the way it evolved. And, um, and, uh, and we definitely got some guys that's going to help us next year, which is good. Um, I feel like that the guys that we got coming in are going to be better than the guys we lost. And if you can do that every year, then you're going to be on to something. Right. Now, um, question for you, Bleed Orange. I was going to – if you had something specific with the players, that's totally fine. But I did want to ask you um, – I mean, obviously Georgia had a great year – recruiting Alabama, you know, those guys, South Carolina, we, I, I think we beat them out recruiting wise and let you guys tell me if, if they were higher than 12, I don't think that they were, but you look at a Florida and they finished extremely strong. Um, was that the type of class that puts them? Cause obviously I think there was a thread stating that they had seven or nine players that were invited to the NFL combine. Of course, Tennessee had zero. Um, so there was definitely a talent discrepancy between both teams, do you think that Tennessee stayed up with Florida with regards to talent, or do you think Florida's class potentially separated them from Tennessee? And you don't have to necessarily go into separate players, but, um, you know, they, they did bring in guys like a Chris Bogle, and, and he was someone that we really wanted. Well, you know, there's always going to be guys that we wanted that went somewhere else, and uh, I do truly – um, unapologetically say we got to look at the ones we got rather than the ones we lost. We got some really good ones. And, you know, I think that there are also a lot of people in the general quarters who feel like Tennessee had talent that was probably comparable to Florida's. 
I really don't know that that's the case, but I do know because I haven't gone through and, you know, gone into the minutia of studying stars for one team versus the other and all that kind of garbage. But I do know that we thought that we were recruiting decently well under Butch. And I think it's really a matter of development. And um, so I'm not so much wound up in these recruiting classes as I am um, what the development is going to be under this coach and the assistants. And uh, it was interesting. And, and one of the things that were mentioned by uh, Chatterball's 24 in his post um, that having uh, sitting in a volleyball game with Jeremy Pruitt's dad, that uh, one of the things he gleaned from that conversation was that Jeremy didn't understand how big of a challenge this really was. And I know that that shocked some people uh, in the general's course, like, oh, my gosh, didn't he do any research? They game planned against us and all that stuff. Well, yeah, I'm sure he did. But it's one thing to see something from afar, and it's another thing to get into the into the daily guts of it and really see what the culture is. And so, uh, yeah, you know, Florida probably did a little bit better. But, you know, is there really that much difference between these top uh, echelon recruiting classes not that much. I mean, probably more between one and 12 or 10, if you include some of the guys coming this summer. Um, but I think the Vols did well and can compete. Yeah. And, and again, you know, Mullins, I call him Mullins. I know it's Mullin. Everybody don't get on me. It's Mullin. It's Mullin. I call him Mullins. Um, you know, he's obviously a pretty good quarterback uh, developer. He's the QB whisperer and he, he coached him up this year. They had some great talent. Um, but if they put recruiting together with with that coaching, it's, that's going to be scary down there in Gainesville. But uh, we've got our own recruiting juggernaut with the, with the folks that we've brought in. We'll talk about that in a little bit with some of the coaching changes and kind of how this coaching staff comes together and, and the excitement around that. But I did actually kind of skip something really quickly. Uh, we, you know, this being one of the top rated podcasts in all of East Tennessee, the PodQuest Look, we got to pay the bills here, ladies and gentlemen. So we, we do have a sponsor for our mailbag segment, which, again, I'm really excited about where, again, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be, you know, having some different folks from the board. You can I've got a little link. You can go in. You can ask us questions or leave comments or jokes or whatever it is. So we've got three different voice messages that we're going to play and have some feedback uh, from from the podcasters. So um, the first one is from Volfan in L.A., and I'm going to bring this one to you, Priest. Um, I'm going to play it really quickly and you can answer it. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right, cool. All right, this is from Volfan in LA. Volfan in LA1, Equipment, Louisiana. Is the thread a while back about the 27 foot above ground pool? Is that what started all the little pointers that go towards the pores? I see that in a lot of posts. Somebody says something about it. I guess I'm just one of the pores. <laughs> uh, oh man i i, I owe Vol fan in la a beer after that question um, <laughs> that, that's a great way to start the mailbag um no i don't i don't think so i think um georgia tech i think with your high end post there for a while you kind of started that trend but yep um you know i don't i don't think that I mean, I said that's a big pool, um, but I don't. I wouldn't consider a, a twenty-seven foot above ground pool. He said above ground, right? Yep, above ground. Yep. It's really high end. It's more. That's a ginormous pool. <laughs> that's pretty. Where that you is a... that thing? It's not going in our yard, Russ. It's going in our living room. 
<laughs> no, so um, no, I don't think that was the thread Vol fan in LA that started it all, but that's um, that's a good way to kick this off. Oh yeah, no, I, and again, I will tell you, I think the uh, whole pores thing probably started on the main board, which is where the majority of that kind of stuff starts. Yep, yep, and um, I was just honestly the to add to this a couple of things. One, I I do not tell these guys or let them listen to these questions. So they have no idea what, which I think it's. So <laughs> As you can tell by my response. Right. <laughs> um, it's a little curveball here. The second thing I'll just say really quickly on the high end, for those of you that don't know, um, I would assume most people know about the high end thing. I was really just trying to get some e-cred by talking about my condo that I lived at. Yes, I did meet Tiny Richardson there. Yes, there are a lot of NFL players and basketball coaches and players, NBA guys that lived at that place. So I was trying to, you know, talk about this play, extravagant place that I lived at, like it was so high-end and everything like that. So I did use the term high-end. I thought everybody used the term high-end, and then it just became a thing. So um, anyway, I'm glad it stuck around, and I'm glad people can laugh at me for it because – I love laughing at myself because um, there's a lot to laugh about. So anyway, let's go into um, number two. Who do we want to give this to? Um, Powell, do you want this or PTC or Bleed Orange? Who wants number two? I'll take it. <laughs> Everyone's from, scared now. Yeah. From Cleed Marcus, I believe that's his name, but C-L-D-E Marcus. So um, I don't think he left his name, but here's his question. I just want to know what you guys think will happen first. Betty Jr. pays his $100 or Butch Jones gets a head coaching job. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> so the question is, is Betty going to pay the Welcher, we like to call him, is he going to pay his 100 bucks, or is Butch Jones going to get a head coaching job first? What do you think? Well, Priest, I feel bad for you because this one's easy. Petey <laughs> ain't paying his bet anytime soon. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Man. I mean, you do that. That guy can barely afford a bologna sandwich at the prison yard to feed it, feed himself. So he ain't paying a to anybody. All right, but no, but I got, I got an answer for this one. This is sort of like the question: If God's Almighty can he make a rock that's too big that he can't push? That's something that would go on into eternity, and I think that's what we're looking at: is Butch getting his job and beating playing his death. I know, but this is oh, a thing. yeah, this is like the never-ending story. What is this really? Oh. Will this ever happen? Any of these? I don't know. I mean, it kind of makes my head spin a little bit. I've, I have had vertigo the past couple of days, but goodness, this kind of makes my head spin thinking about it because he's sitting there collecting checks over at Bama. He kind of flirted with the job in Maryland, but I don't know if he'll get a head coaching job. He, he, I think he's too prideful. He will. You, you think he'll get like a lower tier job? After I think he would take probably him. something – just above a mid-major, maybe, maybe, but he's going to have to step down and take something smaller before he gets back into any kind of big, kind of uh, any kind of big job. I mean, it's just the way he's acted after he left Tennessee uh, is going to make a lot of ads say, hmm, "Is this who we want representing our program?" I don't know. Well, I almost made a thread saying that way, and I was pointing that way. (laughs) (laughs) But sorry, Holly. I just, you know, 
they come wanting to learn and get better and just play the game. All right, Holly, I have this going in there your way. But thank you, Cleed Marcus. We don't know. All we know, though, at the end of the day is that BD Feathers or B, not BD Feathers, B, whatever, whatever his name is, a, you know, BD Jr. BD Jr., you need to pay your freaking bets. $100 bet. Everyone has a screenshot. Just pay it. Like, you know, come on, man. It's it's 100 bucks. So um, thank you, Cleed Marcus. For the incredible question. This is what is making the mailbag really fun here. To spice it up a little bit. Here's the third question, our third and our final question. This one, Powell, I'm going to throw this one your way. This is from Volfan in LA. Um, he had some really creative ones. I, I chose his, his top two because this was pretty good, but this one's from uh, Volfan in LA. Volfan in LA one. Is it worth me driving 12 hours to the orange and white game this year? That's for you, Paul. <laughs> Is it worth driving to the orange and white game? Um, if I say no, is that bad of me? No, that you know. <laughs> well, it, maybe, and I hate to go back to before Pruitt, but there used to be, you know, a pretty cool autograph type deal where you could go out and meet the players and stuff. Now that and that may have been worth it, but I, I think they cut all that out and they basically just go out there and play a little football or whatever. So I would say, no, it ain't worth driving 12 hours. It ain't probably ain't worth driving more than six. Yeah. I figure. yeah, someone was asking me over private message about that. If, it, if it's worth it, um, they're thinking about bringing their kids up and all that. It might've been Volfan in LA, but I remember when I went up one time, they were doing all the autographs and that was really cool. Cause you kind of got to rub elbows mm-hmm. with the players. And, you know, I remember getting a new keys Richardson, you know, he, I let him sign my phone. Uh, you know, I had an orange case on it and everything. And he signed my phone, and all I got back was the case. You know, <laughs> I was gonna say, like, he didn't steal it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Good thing he did. <laughs> yeah, Nuki's Richardson. <laughs> was was that your BB gun he used? Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> no, but honest, in all honesty, I, re- I remember he was up there because I think he was still a recruit at the time because I, I don't think they really did the early enrollee thing back then. Um, so he was just up there. Or maybe he was a maybe he was there. I don't. I don't. Dad, we were up there. We were up there for the spring game, and we. I was a little bit uh, curious as to why he sort of jogged away from you after signing that. What was that? He sort of jogged away from us after signing that thing. He was like, That's what you know, we couldn't find him the rest of the time. No, no, it's spring game. We were up there for. He, he wasn't. Hey, spot. <laughs> He spotted a pilot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, you know, that's one thing. Hopefully that, hopefully they'll, the spring game will, because I remember last time, I think wasn't it last year when Pruitt kind of called out the, the fans and there, nobody really knew what was, they, they, they marketed it like a day before, like they got to step their game up this time. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. There was a big. Yeah, we better be careful because we know the coaches listen to the podcast. And, yes. You know, Coach Pruitt, we appreciate everything you're doing. You know, we're here to support you. Love the coaching changes you've made. But again, we, we need a little bit more marketing with regards to, you know, um, what's going to happen in the spring game. So we, we kind of need some help there. So anyway, great question. So, Powell, you said no for 12 hours. Anything less or anything more than six is a no, right? Yeah, yeah, anything more than that. And you better have some friends or something that you're actually here to 
to like come and see or something like that. Just something more than just about just the, the spring. What if you don't have any friends, pal? I'm not saying uh, you. I'm just maybe talking in somebody else. Well, if you're, if you're a Movalet or whatever his name is, Beatty, y'all can sit together. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be um, like me, me Movald, Beatty, and VFF. In a, in a <laughs> Wasn't there a VFF sighting at the uh, Florida game this weekend? There was. Yes, Duke, Duke, yeah. That's That's got to yeah. become a thing like a Where's Waldo. You know, <laughs> right? He has to spot him in a, at every game and take a picture and circle it. You know, it's like a game. So <laughs> that would be pretty funny if we if somebody did that. But uh, anyway, thank you. That was the mailbag, and I know we have a special sponsorship uh, for the mailbag. Again, we hope you guys enjoyed that little segment. Um, it's fun to kind of break up. It's not the monotony of of every everything else falls related, but it's fun to have some interaction with you guys. So keep them coming. We appreciate that. Uh, Bleed Orange, I know you wanted to speak about our sponsors, so I will be quiet and pass over to you. Well, we have a new uh, curmudgeon corner uh, here. This is in honor of all of us who are a little bit longer in the tooth here. Uh, Tammy C. Malval and Dr. Curmudgeon, this is for you guys out there. But today's sponsor is ProStep. Tennessee fans, are Bunyan's limiting your daily activities? Experience relief with ProStep. Minimally invasive surgery. That's right. Why fight through agonizing bunion pain when you can fight back with ProStep? With ProStep's process, you will experience less pain, earlier return to normal function, smaller incisions, less soft tissue disruption, and smaller scars. So if you're limiting your life due to bunion pain, then I say like Lane Kiffin, it's time to take back your life by visiting your big orange ProStep doctor today. Results may vary. The information provided this by the sponsor have not been evaluated by the PodQuest app. Side effects it may include cheering for the Crimson Tide. If they persist for more than five hours, consult your psychologist. Wow. That was that was good. <laughs> <Very> good. <laughs> that was good. Thank if, you. Uh, if, if, Beatty good. Don't, if Beatty don't pay his debt, he may need to stock up on those. <laughs> that was good you kind of cut out there at the end bleed orange but we appreciate you fighting for us to again we had to go off of demographics and it was between that and and uh again the metamucil round two so um we went for the bunion stuff so uh again if you want minimally invasive and no incisions and all that kind of stuff go for it i think holly might use it but uh thank you bleed orange for the comedic relief. And I know we talked a little bit um, about 2019 kind of wrapping up that class. Let's go back to football here. Let's look at 2020. And, and I think PTC, you brought it up in kind of our pre or pre-show here. Um, just thinking about 2020 needs. And that's actually really interesting because uh, everybody wants to focus on this class, but let's think about kind of ahead here because we are very progressive in our thinking we like to think outside of the box. We like to push the envelope. We think of ideas before anybody else does. Um, so let's think about 2020 needs. What are some of the 2020 needs? I'll throw it to you first, PTC, uh, of, of these guys. Obviously, we kind of struck out, if you want to say yes or no, maybe on on a pass rusher. Uh, where, where are we looking at in, in 2020? Where's Pruitt and staff looking? Definitely uh, DL help. We, um, we're going to indeed that big time. While we addressed the linebacker situation this year, um, I'm pretty happy with that. We did get uh, Savion Williams, and I think that if 
he develops uh, like we think he's going to be because he's a big dude. He's going to be disruptor in the middle. I like to see somebody else come in and be a true nose tackle as well and find somebody who is a true pass rusher. Somebody, I don't know if it was this week or last week, mentioned Q putting on like 15, 20 pounds and putting his hand in the dirt as a DE. That's just dumb. You can't take a guy who is that athletic, who can play literally sideline to sideline and has the ability to cover people in the middle linebacker spot and try to put weight on him and come in and play DE. We need to find somebody who's a true pass rusher there. We've got our quarterback. We know that. Uh, I'd like also like to see Bailey keep on Eric Gilbert because he just looks like he can play both sides of the ball. And I think he projects either as a defensive back or a safety in college. And I would like to see some more help there. Um, obviously, uh, Flowers is going to be back uh, full strength. Getting him back is great, but I'd like to see somebody who could come in and spell him some who is you know, not that much of a step off of him. Same thing with Alante and Thompson. Those two guys are just true beasts on the uh, corners for us out there. You could put them on islands and run some nice blitz packages, but without a true rush DE, what can we do? We need to continue to upgrade our offensive line, obviously, with the bookends that we mentioned earlier, Wanda Morris and Darnell Wright coming in. That is huge. Do we get Brandon Kennedy back? And is he going to be a uh, is he going to be our center? Uh, what's going to happen with Aubrey Solomon? Knowing that we've got um, uh, Justin Fields who cleared waivers. I think that bodes well for Audrey, uh, Aubrey Solomon. I also think it bodes, bodes well for D'Angelo Gibbs. D'Angelo Gibbs coming out of high school, I watched him win his uh, state championship game, and he declared for Georgia right after. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I, his athleticism, <laughs> just from my friends here in Georgia that are huge Georgia fans, they liked it. They really don't know much of anything about his off-field issues, but hopefully he's got those cleared up. I would not mind seeing him being a guy who can stretch the defense. We just don't have anybody that can do that. George Pickens was going to be our guy, but who knows if he even gets in college. Right. Um, right. That's an odd recruitment there, and it's odd that he picked one of the two toughest schools to get into in the SEC, in my opinion. So what, what happens there? That's But if I were to prioritize this, pass rusher – a guy who is a speedster who can stretch the defense, and then after that, continue working on the uh, OL. Okay, well, that's all all solid stuff right there, uh, Priest. I want to bring it to you. Um, do you think Do you think we can get a playmaker? I think that's really where we struck out in, in 2019, and kind of what PTC had just said—a speedster, somebody. I know we, and I've actually been looking at Antonio Barber's highlights. You know, three star. I'm kind of being a stargazer here, but six two one eighty five. Actually, pretty decent highlights. Oh, wow. Um, out of out of Rock Hill, South Carolina. Um, hopefully, he can be a stud and kind of move up the rankings. And he probably hasn't camped, so you know, hopefully, he's even a real person. Nobody really knows yet, but um, oh, man. that's that's a two rivals, Woody. But wh- where do you think we go from playmaker standpoint? I mean, is there anyone on in you know just off the top of your head for you that? Harrison Bailey, is, it's going to be his number one guy outside of an Eric Gilbert. Is there somebody that they're looking at? Yeah, they've really, you know, looking at how they've started their 2020 offering and, and really, I guess, putting together their board, they're still going after some some of the beef. Like, 
you know, PTC right. touched on as far as, you know, what we missed out on. And that's strong side defensive end, um, pass rushers, guys that are going to go after the quarterback. Um, you know, you know, there's a couple guys I know that they offered Chris Drain out of an LSU commit, and he is only a three-star GT, so sorry. Um, but um, sh- shifty, shifty kid out of Louisiana, which those guys are born fast. So yep. um, that that's always good to have. Um, but really, they've jumped into a ton of, of big-time offensive linemen. You know, there's um, – you have Omari Thomas, who's an offensive tackle, and then you have Darnell Washington and Tate Ratledge. Those guys, they're still going after the offensive line because they know in the SEC you have to have big guys to win. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have guys that protect your quarterback. You know, we saw JG get killed all last year, and I said it on Wednesday, and I'll say it again, that the class they brought in this year is a statement to what currently is in that O-line room. And if, if I'm an offensive lineman that played last year, my spot's not protected. Um, but you know, they have that. And then I'm interested to see too, how, um, how quickly Tyler Barron gets back on campus. I know he just moved to Knox Catholic, um, and, and pretty, pretty heck of an athlete, um, from both sides of the football. I think they're looking at him as a defensive end. Um, but you have that kid and then you have, um, the five-star tight end, um, Darnell Washington, um, out of Las Vegas, um, 6'7", 255. So your prototypical blocking tight end with apparently really good hands. If he's 6'7", I'm assuming he can catch the football. And if he if, if he can't, then he shouldn't be a five-star. Um, but interesting to see that far out in Nevada if he wants to come come to the south but you can tell they're they're going after guys that are either you know committed to alabama committed to georgia some big time recruits they're swinging even bigger than they did last year so 2020 i think is going to be a fun year um and and i know the mods have touched on it as well um especially austin um he's touched on that they like this in-state class for those that feel that they have to recruit the state of tennessee first i'm not one of those people i feel like you go find the best athletes and they happen to be from the state of tennessee wonderful if they happen to be from las vegas nevada then awesome put them an orange tea on their head and go win some titles um but you know 2020 is gonna be a fun class to kind of watch unfold and see how they they go about building that class around bailey i love it Powell. i think you had a question for the group yes uh, i was thinking um is chandler gonna be a senior this year no um, i think he's gonna be a junior he'll be a junior this year a senior next year Okay, so, um, but after so after next year, I'm just thinking that running back may be a position that we need to try to uh, get somebody big after after Chandler. Really, don't know what we have. Um, I know we got a few pieces there, but um, you know, I was also just we don't really know exactly what Cheney is going to do just yet with what we have. So our needs may actually change um, coming out of spring practice. Um, once we identify, once he identifies, you know, who we have and, and stuff. So, but, um, I was just thinking that, um, you know, after next year, running back is going to be an issue. I hate to go into the season with just a freshman. So it'd be, it'd be nice to get a stud running back this year and then, you know, him start playing as a sophomore. Yeah, no, that's, um, it's definitely interesting to think about it. And hopefully we can get one of those bruiser running backs. I think, you know, I think Crouch could have been that guy, but they they sold him so hard on playing defense that, <laughs> you know, you don't want to. Yeah. You know, even though you probably need somebody like a Crouch playing running back, so it, it'll be interesting if they 
if they use him there or not. Um, but seems yeah. like I read. Um, seems like I read where um, uh, one of the mods had a story or something, or I, I read somewhere where uh, Crouch actually he wanted to play linebacker. That was the position he actually wanted to play when they asked him. You know, what do you want to do here? And uh, so I don't. I don't even know if if running back was even in, you know part of the equation for him. Well, I know the other one too um, that had been brought up was Justin Rogers, right out of Michigan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big time dude. Yeah. Yep. I think looking at him, looking at Eric Gilbert, looking at Bailey, that those are your your three studs, like a Wanye, a Darnell Wright, and a uh, Q Crouch. Um, as far as kind of being foundation of a class, not saying those guys that you know Rogers and Gilbert. I think Gilbert's going to go down to that you know final signing day. It's going to be a fight, a dog fight. But uh, you know, if you can, do get, we? No pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. Do we got any ties to the Rogers kid? I know he's from Memphis or uh, from Michigan, but do we have, cause he, he reps Tennessee quite a bit on, I mean, I don't pay attention to all of his tweets or anything, but um, I see other people posting them or whatever, where he's, you know, had something pro Tennessee or whatever. I just wonder why he, you know, likes Tennessee. Maybe he just likes Tennessee. I don't know. Well, Chris Winkie's recruiting him. So, I mean, we're pretty much locked in for a confirmed commitment soon, right? <laughs> commitment watch. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah. played. Huh. I can just see them saying like, who wants, who wants Michigan? And then he's like, all right, <laughs> who Winky, wants to go to cold got, Michigan, right? Winky, yeah. you got Michigan. What? Mm-hmm. Well, you hadn't done anything yep. for me down at IMG. So you got Michigan. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so bleed orange. I know you've been a little silent on the 2020 class. And I know we, as we all know, it's kind of all pure speculation, you know, at the moment, but anything else that kind of stands out to you that hopefully they can take a swing at as far as, you know, position needs? No, I think everybody's pretty well covered it. I mean, the the bottom line is it's an online scrimmage league. Um, I think it is important to continue to shore up the OL. Uh, The DL is also very, very important. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I think spring practice is going to tell us a whole lot more about where we need to go. Uh, from this point forward, I think the biggest recruits we got were the offensive coordinator and Derek Ansley are, are two other great recruits that we got in that are going to really improve our football team. Yeah, no, that, and that's a good point. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, obviously, some changes going on, you know, in the coaching staff still with Terry Fair being relieved of his duties, essentially, and, and Derek Ansley coming over. I mean, goodness, what do you think, Bleed Orange? I mean, what's the impact here you know, was he even a stud recruiter? I think I get. I think he was kind of a good recruiter, but it was. And what's his actual title? Do we know yet? No, you know, Ansley. I think my impression of him is he's recruited pretty well everywhere. Everywhere he's gone, um, but you know, Pruitt knows him and likes him and trusts him. I I believe you know everybody's talking about fear of being fired. That may or may not be accurate. I, you know, my understanding was from something that Brent said that he was offered an off-the-field position, maybe some sort of an analyst or associate head coach, uh, and he didn't want to do it. And uh, but the the word that's out there, uh, and uh, including that conversation with Pruitt's dad that uh, was referred to on one of the posts, is that he just wasn't quite the on-field coach that they were looking for, and definitely wasn't doing a strong job in recruiting. So I think that Ansley is going to, uh, from an actual standpoint of on-field coaching, 
and recruiting is going to be an upgrade. And the optics with him being an NFL coach and, and highest paid at his coaching position uh, does not hurt the Tennessee optics at all in the recruiting field. Oh, yeah. And, and I know as well, uh, I'll give this to you, Powell, but I, I think as well there's some rumblings a little bit around uh, potentially Jay Graham joining the staff. Obviously, if he joins somebody, he's got to leave. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it would be really nice to get him back. He's uh, He's got quite a bit of experience now, stuff being quite a few places and stuff. Apparently, he's a really good recruiter. Um, he, I think he was only here like one year, so you can't really judge what he did here. Um, but um, he went to, you know, went to Florida State. He got, um, I believe he got Cam Akers down there. Um, you know, that's yep. probably a little bit easier to recruit at Florida State than here first. But um, at the, especially at that time where they were they were rolling pretty good. But anyway, um, you know, I'd love to see him here. I just you you wonder where who's gonna he's gonna be told to hit the road. Yeah, it'll be interesting too. I mean, who 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 do we get second place with him when he was here when Jay Graham was here? Because I know he was going really hard after a bunch of running backs, but I, it was the kid the, the the one that the one that ended up at Michigan um, that oh, ended yeah, up being Green. Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, I think we was right there with him there. He started with and, Dick, right there with Derrick Henry. Yes, that's exactly right. Yes, they. We felt like we got in a door with him there at one time. I don't know if that was, that's you know, right. if that yeah, was that's true or not, but but there was some talk there. Um, but um, I mean, he, I mean, we flashed at some pretty highly ranked players with him just being here one year. So that's it's encouraging. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. You know, even if if Jay Graham doesn't come, but just the the staff that. And, and everybody laughs at the the idea of best staff in America and all that, but goodness gracious, the, the staff that Pruitt is starting to assemble. Um, you know, I, I'll tell you what, you know, Jim Chaney to me is like, you know, pulling out a, a rib roast out of, uh, out of the pressure cooker after you've cooked it for, a, you know, a little while and it's comes out and it's all juicy and it's got the tender meat and everything. I'm so excited. Like that's not so, a visual I want, brother. I just <laughs> I'm so excited when I'm cooking something in the pressure cooker and it's just like, Oh, the it's, it's all in, incredible. Are we talking about actual food here? We talking yes, about the I got hungry. So let me do my analogy here on my Jim Chaney food analogy. Cause he loves food obviously, but it's like, as it, as you know, as the days go on, I get more and more excited about Chaney being the OC, not necessarily because of his recruiting prowess, but just what he's going to do to develop this, you know, the scheme, the, the offense develop JG uh, put actual like, put the players in position uh, to, to best succeed. That, that part's going to be so exciting. And again, like Pruitt said a number of times, he knows the league very well. He knows what the defenses are trying to do. It's not his first try. Like, I mean, goodness gracious, you know, Scott and then freaking Helton the past two years have just been train wrecks. So it's like bringing some stability to it. And then again, on the recruiting side, some of these other guys and, and, and bleed orange, I'll ask you, I mean, is there a better staff in the SEC recruiting-wise, potentially, um, with Martin and and Pruitt and all and Rump and all these other guys? Ansley. Ansley. You know, uh, I think they did an incredible, incredible job this year. I mean, they I think they already were one of the better recruiting groups, and it's I think you're going to be hard-pressed to find a staff that can recruit better than these guys. So that certainly is something to be excited about. 
if they can just get a little more success on the field this year, these guys are going to really take off and fly. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a sight to see. It's exciting, and and uh, you know, with the coaching changes, obviously changes the the number one constant, uh, especially in college football now. Um, but you cannot say that Mr. Fulmer isn't investing heavily in this team and fix football, and you fix a lot of things at the university. So that's that's exciting to see now. Um, so I think moving in the in the right direction. And speaking of right direction, um, the absolute right direction is the Tennessee basketball uh, men's basketball program. Rick Barnes is on fire. We talked about it on Wednesday, um, and, and on Saturday, another very solid victory for Tennessee beating the Florida Gators pretty handedly. Um, nobody. No other games were ahead of ahead of ours that pushed us to ESPN News, and no other games pushed us to ESPNU after and all that, which was which was great. So we actually were on at the right time and off at the right time. So that was that was a good change. So thank you, ESPN. I'm sure you had people listening to the podcast, so you kind of heard everyone's angst around that. But you know, now I think we've got a game before the Kentucky game, but I really want us to kind of focus on Kentucky here, and we talked about it a little bit on Wednesday, but. Goodness gracious, Priest. Um, Kentucky's got a heck of a lot of momentum playing at home. Um, you know, this is going to be a, a big game. You, you've, I don't know if you heard Jay Williams of College Game Day saying Kentucky's a Final Four team and Tennessee is. And Tennessee will not be a number one seed. Kentucky will be a number one seed. What are your thoughts on this game? Um, are we hyping it up too much or is it really hyped where it needs to be? I, I think Jay Williams is – one of those just talking people that likes to hear himself talk because of where he came from. He's a blue blood guy. So of course he'll say that Kentucky would pull a number one seed over Tennessee. If, if all things equal, um, I don't agree with that for this year, but that's, I don't agree with most things Duke fans say. Um, <laughs> sure. But um, you know, looking at the Kentucky game, just to kind of glimpse back into the Florida game, Tennessee did not play that well. They played a well-rounded game, um, but you could tell yeah, I honestly thought Florida would put up a much better fight um, being in in Knoxville at Thompson Bowling and, and knowing, you know, kind of the Gator chomp and thought that they put up a little much better of a fight um, for the checkered crowd, but they didn't. Um, and I think you can see that this team knows how to win. They know if they get in a game that it's going to get dirty or they're going to get bounced around, they're going to get down and dirty and, and grind it out. Or if they're going to get – they need to score 80 points, they can go out and score 80 points. Um, but looking at the Kentucky game, Kentucky's hot. Um, it should be a very, very good game to watch. Um, you know, you have, you have Kentucky who is actually more mature than they have been in the past few years. Um, so they're not, I mean, they of course have the the big five-star recruits there, but at the same time, some of these guys have been in the program a little bit longer and know, um, what it's like to play in the SEC and and have Tennessee coming to rup and win. Um, they saw it last year, so they're probably not real happy about it. So um, I expect a pretty, pretty intense game. Um, but, you know, I think I said this on Wednesday, I expect Tennessee and Kentucky to split a home and home. So both road teams winning. So, you know, I think Tennessee will pull it out up and rup um, because just the way they're playing. Um, you got to get past South Carolina, of course, for it to be, um, you know, as as hyped as it should be with college game day going to be there. Um, but it, it's going to be fun to watch and, and see two upper echelon programs and teams battle it out on the hardwood um, for some SEC dominance is going to be fun to watch. Right. No, I think that sets it up perfectly and uh, it's going to be a heck of a game now. 
uh, bleed orange. I'll bring it to you. I know you have some time constraints here, but um, and I don't know how much you've you've seen of the of the Wildcats, but there's a certain player, PJ Washington, sophomore PJ Washington, who's leading you know, Kentucky in scoring and has really just been on you know a tear as of late, kind of leading the team in scoring. Uh, you know, been over 20 points. I think it was five of the last six games. So he's really kind of coming on and, and becoming their go-to guy. Um, obviously not on the level like of a, of a Grant Williams, but, um, you know, do you think that in a away game at, at Kentucky, do you think that the, these these volunteers can slow P.J. Washington down and, and Hero and those guys? Do you think they have a shot at that? Well, I think that we've got – it'll be interesting to see what the physical match is up. <laughs> Matchups are going to be, um, and uh, you know, I we're playing at Kentucky. I remember earlier in the year. I mean, there's there's a whole ebb and flow to a basketball season, and earlier in the year, people started talking about Kentucky was no good, and we were talking about on a podcast. Well, <laughs> be patient with Kentucky because they'll come around. They're going to be fine before the yep. season is over, and uh, so they've gotten better. Um, but Tennessee also has gone through its ebb and flow to the season. And, um, you know, Rick Barnes, um, this is a little bit off topic, but uh, I do have some time constraints. But Biggin brought up about, well, you know, Rick Barnes, is he, you know, can't he enjoy a win? Is he too stern as a taskmaster? And, you know, this team is the kind of a team that we all appreciate. We know that they are – built on really rising to challenges. Rick Barnes challenges these guys in practice. They challenge each other. Uh, They have risen from the ashes of high school basketball where none of them were highly regarded. And uh, again, revisiting this, uh, I wonder how many Vol fans still remember that just 18 months ago, this team was picked to be last in the SEC. And they are now going on a run as number one in the country. Now, as they say on the G- GQ, let that sink in. Um, you know, now the thing is that winning also can be a, be its own problem. I mean, one of the things we've seen is the metamorphosis of this team as they grow into being a number one rated team. I think a huge thing was there's an article, and we, we probably a lot of us saw um, about um, – uh, Admiral apologizing the team for the way he was carrying himself. And, you know, winning and losing are, are different things. And these guys are learning to be winners. You know, we go, we, we play Florida and Donald Trump is watching the game and we're, we're watching Tennessee Florida basketball game. And he tweets out the Tennessee fans are not bringing any energy to the game. I mean, you know, that's incredible. I mean, we actually didn't even, I don't think we had the stadium sold out. There were some empty seats there. And it really kind of speaks to where this team is. It's just like everybody believes they're going to win. You know, it's, it's, it's incredible how quickly we seem to have moved into this place of it's sort of a mundane, oh, well, you know, we're going to win again. That's cool. I think the tweet said, currently watching num- hashtag number one men's basketball team, Tennessee Volunteers playing Florida Gators, period. Looking in 
sellout crowd and first few rows are sitting in seats even after dunk period sad exclamation point i think that's what i saw right yeah and i you know i yeah. can't disagree with that i mean i think it's great that your team has confidence but you know one of the things back when they were winning earlier in the year and we were beating gonzaga and we you know went to with Kansas to overtime should have won that game um we were talking back then, I remember bringing it up myself anyway, about how that team had so much more progress to make. And that's one of the things about Barnes is that I think he wants them to enjoy the win for sure, because there has to be some joy in your sport and what you're doing and a feeling of accomplishment to give you confidence. But he also knows that there are things that they can get better at. And it is good to see that they are now revisiting their defense and uh, seeming to firm that up and, and making some progress there. And hopefully uh, we'll have some more of these ridiculous games where the offense is on fire, but we don't let our defense uh, fall by the wayside. So this is a team that likes challenges. Barnes is going to continue to challenge them. They'll continue to challenge each other. And that's how we're going to be strong in March. So I'm curious what people's thoughts are on that. Well, I think, uh, well, my question for you really quickly, I'll answer your, well, I'll answer you with a question, but are your, what are your thoughts on, do you think Tennessee just point blank, do they beat Kentucky? Yes or no? <laughs> I feel like, uh, these guys on, uh, uh, some of the staff on golf West when they want somebody to tell them, uh, you know, months before a recruit makes a commitment, yes or no, give us an answer. Um, <laughs> That's, you know, I really have not looked at Kentucky uh, closely enough. I know it's going to be a battle. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of, as I said one time earlier this year, I'm kind of stealing a little bit line of a line from Brent in a positive way for the Vols. I'm not going to bet against the Vols until I see someone beat them. So you're choosing to see good, good. No, I appreciate yeah. that. Um no, it's gonna be, and I think to some of your points, Bleed Orange, you know, that Barnes is trying to find new ways and creative ways to challenge this team because there does, it's not a, I guess there's a point of complacency that you can't find, but it, it, you kind of become numb to winning all games over and over again. Now, they're not the Warriors or anything. They really haven't won anything yet, but to go 22 and 1 is, is pretty, pretty special over a 23 stretch, especially especially in college basketball. So um, what they've done, breaking all the records that they have, the complete opposite of what Holly Warlick has done with all the records. She's destroyed <laughs> the Lady Falls program. And uh, so Holly, no, stop. Holly, okay. Um, but no, my you know, when you look at what they've done, yeah, they do need to be reminded a little bit of, hey, guys, we need to rebound better. We need to defend better. We need to be more, even more crisp on offense because – what happens when we don't make shots, right? Powell, what do you think, man? Like, what's the, where can they, where, where can they hang their hat if they aren't making shots? You know, and again, Tennessee does have a lot of options, but I'll pass it to you. What do you think about how is Barnes going to approach these next few weeks to keep this team sharp? Because who knows, maybe they do lose a game. They do, they've got some tough games coming up. Um, is that enough, just losing a game? Or is that a slippery slope for this team if they don't keep yeah. I don't think it's a slippery slope. I think they're all veterans, and if they did lose a game, I don't see them just falling off or anything like that. But 
but something I something, something I was something I was thinking about was uh, yep. so something I was thinking about. We were, we were talking about rebounding and defense and stuff like that. And I actually was going to ask the board this. Um, I was thinking I want we're playing much faster on offense than what we what we did last year, and I'm just wondering if that's affecting us on defense any, um, whether it's getting back um, or we seem that there's there seems to be there seems to be a lot of a lot of times um, the three-point shooter is wide open, and I don't know if that's if we're if we are more tired than what we were last year because we played a whole lot more set it up type basketball last year, and we're now we've allowed we've allowed Bone to get out and run a whole lot more, or even Turner he does it a lot too. But I'm just wondering if the way we have kind of changed up our offense a little bit, if that's what's affecting our defense. Yeah, I mean, I think what happened, we kind of talked about that before about Tennessee um, a few weeks ago. Uh, we brought that up here on the podcast about they seem to become uh, really enamored with their offense. And I don't think they felt like they needed to push it as much on defense. But over the last couple of weeks, they've been getting the message again that we can't let our defense slack. But I mean, really, it kind of comes back to, you know, Powell, I think, you know, if you're beating people by 46 points, you know, it's mm-hmm. easy, I think, for these guys to kind of fall back into, well, you know, is this important or is that important? And they can get a little bit sloppy because they're winning so easily. So some of the tighter games they've had have been good for them. And even a loss wouldn't be the end of the world, but we'd rather them keep winning. Isn't this great that we're having this nitpicky of discussions about what they could do better this deep into the season and being 22 and one? I'm not not saying it's a bad thing, but it's just it's awesome to see a team this good. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, you're exactly right about nitpicking, you know, this. And I mean, we're kind of thinking we didn't play very good beating Florida by 12. I mean, and they hit like two threes right there at the end of the game. So that was really a. 16 to 18 point game and we're concerned you know about how we're playing so yeah i agree i mean it is it is kind of kind of fun to sit back and think about that would you guys think that barnes is uh what he's not preparing this team to play florida he's been preparing this team let's let's just face it the sec championship is going to go through kentucky and Tennessee more than likely i talked about that too Yep. Yeah, so, you know, you can get by a Florida, or you can, which is funny to say, uh, in some of these other teams, but uh, we're, we're going to be hitting some pretty good teeth in our schedule here towards the end of the season. That is what Barnes is looking at. Some of the things that we've gotten away with, we ain't going to be able to keep getting away with. Exactly. Well, the thing that kind of worries yeah. me, and I'll pass it to you guys, whoever thinks, uh, you know, but – for, for me, looking at some of the length, especially in their guards, like uh, what's his face? Uh, Tyler, not Hero, but uh, Kelton Johnson. Um, he's 6'6". He's got some decent length. I think he could potentially cause some issues for us. Um, I think really it's going to come down to who's going to stick uh, who's going to stick Washington and then are, are we going to have good guard play? Uh, because if, if Bone has a great game and, and we – kind of keep Johnson or excuse me, Washington, you know, in check a little bit and he doesn't go off for 26 or 28 points, which, I mean, I guess that he could, I guess any of them could, but keep him in check. And, and I think Tennessee can come out a winner, but um, that's the part that kind of scares me is, is their guard play as well between Johnson and hero. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, and I, God, I can't remember the guy that commented on Wednesday's post. I wish I could remember his name. So when I made the statement that Bones, one of the the best point guard in the, in the NCAA right now, and I stand by that. And and him, you know, this Kentucky game is going to, you know, show whether or not he can guard and go on to the league. I'm not an NBA guy, so I don't know his future, you know, prognostication of what he's going to become. But, you know, he, he's going to be playing against some some big time, you know, stud recruits coming in. And I think going against those guys and like six, six for some length, I think will be a good test to see exactly, you know, how well he can guard and shoot playing against guys that are going to be bigger than he is um, if he was to make it to the league. Right. Well, and I know you got in that back and forth with somebody in one of the threads on uh, if Bone was an NBA point guard or not. I, I believe I brought you into that thread, so sorry to bring you into that back and forth there. No, you're good. Yeah, yeah that's the, that's that's my thing. And the guy he brought up is is a heck of a is a heck of a point guard. The guy up at Murray State, which I wonder why he's at Murray State, but right. that that's a whole other discussion. Because he's five eight. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, dang, is it Muggsy Bogues? Is it like a reincarnated That's Muggsy Bogues? That's what I Dang. But, you know, I think, you know, the guy, um, you know, the guy, it, it, if he's a top lottery pick, hats off to him. I just think from an overall standpoint and the way Bones playing and passing, I mean, there's a couple passes he made, especially that one to Alexander. He didn't even look. I mean, it was beautiful. Oh, I mean, it was, and it, it was, was filth. Odd. It was filth. It was and laser, too. And I think the oh, way he can lead broke. an offense, yeah, it was it's 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 almost picture perfect when he's that tuned in and zoned into the game. So uh, I'll fight that battle to the end of, of Bone being one of the best point guards and and if not the best in the country. Right. You know, I, I, I brought it up last week uh, to your priest, and I'm not saying he is, but some of the things he does reminds me of John Stockton and Pistol Pete. I mean, just the way that they could, the way that they could just see the pass before it was even there and make it happen um, is pretty phenomenal. Obviously he's got to do some other things to get to that level and be considered, you know, a peer of theirs, but just some of the things are reminiscent of what they could do. Yeah. Uh, do you think that uh, I'm looking at some of these highlights, some of these guys, do you think the 22 that Stanford uh, transfer is going to give us any problems? I don't think he's really been a big scoring machine, but as far as rebounding and and things like that, is he going to give us any trouble? Do you guys think? Because I mean, Alexander's kind of thin. Yeah, he's a he's a pretty big body, but I, I agree with what you said. I've I've watched him enough to know that he's. I mean, he's not like a, you know, like a scoring. I mean, he, I'm sure he can score, but he's not like somebody. Um, like like PJ Washington, I mean, he's not somebody like that who can go off on you. Right. I don't think that I don't think he's like that. He's, um, you know, just just a, he plays uh, he plays really good defense and he blocks uh, quite a few shots. But other than that, on the offensive end, I haven't really seen anything out of him to scare me. Yeah, and, I, and I'm kind of looking at some of the numbers as well. I mean, you know, obviously Tennessee's leading the nation in, in assists. And I think Kentucky's around 14 and a half assists per game or something like that. So I was I wanted to see if they really shared the ball or not. I think really also we need to get out in in, in transition defense. And you know, Tennessee is kind of always the aggressor, right? On on offense, we get the ball and we push it, even on a made basket. And you obviously know you 
that Kentucky's going to want to try to run and get in space when you've got these five-star athletes, you know, that could potentially be in the NBA. So that'll be something to look at, I think, as well, as if Tennessee is not making shots, are they getting back on defense? Are they, you know, how's their transition defense? And also, can they keep Kentucky to one shot and done? Uh, Let me speak speak to that real quick, if you don't mind, GT. If you noticed, uh, I mean, Rob pointed this out in his piece about the number one team in the nation uh, is getting better. He pointed out two different styles of play. You know, the past two games, I think we scored something like a little over 140 points and locked down people defensively. The two previous games to to that, we scored something like 185 points. So we can play in the 60s and we can play in the 80s. and great teams do play different styles of basketball. Shout out to Rob for all of that. I think the mentality of the team is that whatever that night brings, they're fine with it. They get into the flow of the game really quickly. They can push it if they need to, and they can lock it down when they need to. Um, I just want them to figure out how to do it on Saturday and make sure that we walk away with a win there. Something that was encouraging to me is it. Um, I felt like Admiral play. Uh, he played a little bit more like the way he played last year, as far as uh, yeah, getting a getting a lot of scrappy, getting a lot of loose balls, and um, you know, just he just looked like he was kind of like having fun, you know. Then so it was good to see him playing a little bit more like himself. Yeah, I remember one of the rebounds because I kind of dogged him on Wednesday about that he's not really rebounding as much and doing some of the dirty stuff like you just said, Powell. Mm-hmm. And uh, the grittiness of what made him the player that he is. And now he's just, you know, he does so many other things. And But he was driving, he was getting rebounds, he was diving to the floor. It was really cool to see kind of that old school Admiral Schofield that everybody fell in love with, right? And now he's Hopefully he's coming back to his true self. I mean, add add other parts to your game, but it, it's nice to see him doing some of the other things too that really kind of started his career out with Tennessee. Yeah. I, I saw real quick. Was there has there been an update on Bone on his ankle? I do not know, but um, I I didn't think it was terrible the way that it looked when they did the slow mo. But I mean, goodness, it, those can be tough. It, it didn't yeah. look like he was taped up when he came back and finished the game. So I, unless it was underneath his sock, that means it probably wasn't heavily sprained. It maybe just twisted it enough and scared him. But it looked like he finished the game pretty pretty well. He wasn't jogging around or shooting gingerly or anything like that. Yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting. It's going to be college game day, rowdy, crazy next week. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I know every, all the Tennessee fans are. Hopefully we can – Win it and keep keep going. When our what's our first game? Is it on Tuesday? The trap game is on Tuesday or Wednesday? Mm-hmm. It's on a Tuesday. I'm sure it's Tuesday. Okay, yeah. yeah, it's Tuesday. Okay, and that's uh, that's not Carolina, is it? Yes. Okay, so Carolina. Well, it'll be that'll definitely be a trap game. So, but it's at home, I believe, as well, because they did the the blackout against us that first time and we destroyed them. I mean, we beat them like they stole something. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully, and that's the other thing too. I made a couple threads. Maybe we shouldn't even talk about it, but uh, the uh, the the stadium noise. And I and shout out to Duke Silverval because I was giving him a hard time because he was at the game actually, and uh, I was talking about how quiet it was. And I know it was really loud in there, but 
even the announcers were saying how quiet quiet it was. And my point being that uh, I just wish they changed the student section so it looked a lot livelier on the you know on the screen and things like that. But the recruits are liking it. I just hope we show up for the South Carolina game and make it a, a hectic environment so we can lift this team up to another victory and then get focused on Kentucky after that. So we'll go really quickly. Does Tennessee win the next two games, Powell? I'll run it by you first. Um. Yes. Okay. I like it. 24-1, and it sounds good. Priest, I know you said the uh, away team split. So do you think Tennessee beats US or U of SC? Yep, I think they'll be 24-1 and after the Kentucky game. That sounds really good. Uh, PTC? I got to see them lose before I ever bet against them. They're 24-1. Yeah, I think I think Tennessee finds a way. I think <clears throat> there are just so many. I, I think sometimes the mystique of the five star guys kind of at least gets in my head as far as okay, maybe this guy will go off or whatever, and it's at Kentucky. But this is a battle tested Tennessee team. Um, I hope that the game isn't too big for them. I think that it's not, but I hope they don't just. I hope they don't get too juiced up and amped up like Admiral doesn't want to do too much or or Grant or whatever. But um, Tennessee's got so much firepower. I think they end up winning if they can, if they can play solid enough defense and don't let these, you know, who knows, maybe Kentucky's going to go off on three or something like that. Like all these teams do <laughs> whenever we play them. But um, I think Tennessee wins and it'll be, it'll be awesome. So that kind of wraps up the pod quest this evening. I know one thing we didn't want to talk about the mailbag was so much fun. We're going to do our best to bring it back next week. So, I will post the link again for folks to go in and and leave their messages, ask questions, leave comments, make jokes, whatever it is. It's really fun and interactive. Again, thank you uh, to to Cleed Marcus and Volfan in LA one for sending in uh, a number of different uh, voice messages. So we appreciate that for the mail back. And then secondly, um, we we're going to have, it's not gate 21 necessarily, but it's, going to be a nice little discussion, a little one-on-one back and forth between Priestfall and PTC. They're going to be talking about recruiting a little bit because we had mm-hmm. going back and forth and they <laughs> bring opinions. So I don't know if you guys want to tease that for next week. Well, earlier I said that professional when I get done with it. <laughs> PTC is going to hurt my Justin Bieber lookalike. Um <laughs> The uh, no, and earlier when we were talking about 2020 recruiting, I made the statement that I didn't think that in-state recruiting is as important unless you go out, unless you're just going and getting the you know the top talent and winning championships. And PTC does not agree with me. Wow! So it's going to be a bloodbath next week. No, I'm just kidding. But it's going to be so much fun because again, we're bringing fresh, exciting things, and sometimes we like to yell at each other about different topics. So. Or maybe that's not good. But, uh, again, this has been such a fun, entertaining podcast. We're going to keep it coming with amazing ideas, fun segments, laughs, anything Tennessee Vols. We might talk about off-topic stuff as well. Who knows? But that's what this world is all about. We can do whatever we want, right? No Post Malone tonight. PTC, I won't play that on the outro. He'd probably sue us for a couple of money. But uh, anyway, with that being said, this is Georgia Tech Vol. And any guys you want to say good good evening to the rest of the folks? Good evening Have to the rest of the folks. There we go. 
everyone. Yeah, y'all have a great evening, guys. Have a good week. Have a good evening. And go balls. Thank <laughs> you.